dear listeners, this is Paul and Jeff from the Doctor Who Corners Corner podcast. That's where I slipped Doctor in front of the Who there, just in case there was any um, any doubt that we are a Doctor Who yeah, podcast. Yeah, just in case anyone was listening about... to this and they weren't sure what, yes, what it was about. They're not yeah. sure. Yeah, yes, it's not about anything else other than Doctor Who. And we are absolutely delighted to have the fabulous Millie McKenzie join us on this session of meet the Hoovians. so millie hello and welcome to the show hello paul hello jeff thank you so much for inviting me on this is i've only just discovered your uh, podcast randomly a couple of weeks ago and all of a sudden i feel like you guys are my best friends yeah you um so you you commented didn't you on one on one of the podcast tweets to say something like just, just to let you know, I, I love you guys or something. Yes. And then um, I I was following you and I think then like 20 minutes later or something, I said, oh, that's my podcast or something. And we you hadn't, you hadn't connected that, you know, it was me and it was the podcast thing. So it was really nice that you said that about, you know, the podcast and, and us just sort of, uh, you know, kind of naturally as it were without you know no paying any money without any well money. yeah and that too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so no. if um if people listening uh don't know millie um her, her twitter name is uh at it's at cowbear creates isn't it yes um which which we can ask you about in a minute but millie has been making uh, absolutely fantastic um oh, models of the doctors and uh you know aliens and and all, all sorts of characters that you might have seen popping up on online and um on, on twitter and instagram and you've you've had some of the pictures in doctor who magazine as well is that right yes i have i've had i had a whole article once as well it was a two-page spread it was pretty cool wow <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I think they, they must have been. They, um, I got the message from um, Simon. Please forgive me. I can't pronounce his last name. Gorilla or something. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce. Yes, I, I can see yeah. it. I can read it, but <laughs> I cannot pronounce it. But um, yeah, he he messaged he messaged me via Instagram, and then it was and it was yeah. going in for the Monday that that next. So they must have had somebody back out at the last minute, I, I think. But that was pretty exciting. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was still cool. And then, and then in in Ray Holman's uh, feature, the the in, in the previous issue, he, he uh, mentioned you, and you had a little box out as well, didn't didn't you? Um. So Millie, uh, you're on the other side of the world, and in, in a whole other time zone from us at the moment, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm in New Zealand. I'm at the bottom of the world. So I'm a Kiwi through and through. Or the top of the world if you turn it upside down. Yes. Yeah. I like the way you think. There you go. (laughs) Always a positive. That's me. So, um, Millie, we'll um, we'll come on to your your wonderful creations shortly. But tell us, first of all, how did Mm. you discover Doctor Who? Because I I imagine that uh, being on the other side of the world as you are it's probably going to be a little bit different to how you know paul and myself and you know other people back here in england might have discovered it yes it is very different to most people i think i've communicated with since i've been online in the fan base um, because i didn't discover it as a child i watched my very first episode when i was 35 Mm. um so that was in 2014 which was deep breath um peter capaldi's first episode yeah. And that was my first episode of Doctor Who. I'm pretty sure I must have seen it as a child because I knew what it was. I knew what the TARDIS was. I knew the general idea about it. And I know that my brother did watch it yeah. when I was a kid, but I okay. I didn't pay any attention to it <laughs> or I didn't see it or they didn't yeah. make me watch it. So um, yeah, I, I, I started watching it in 2014 because I could finally tune in the uh, TV channel that it was on, on my bunny years. I mean, sorry, I couldn't do it on my bunny ears, but when I got Sky installed, which is a satellite dish, I could finally tune the channel in, and yeah. I, I started watching it, and it just happened to be the very first episode of A New Doctor, which was a perfect starting on point, and I, I got learned. instantly obsessed. Yeah, a good jumping on point, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So um, after that, presumably you, you, you carried on watching, you know, in, into Jodie Whittaker's era, but did you go back and start watching more as well and, and how did you get hold of those uh, you know i guess it's you know classic who is not always um readily available on on telly kind of anywhere um and, and obviously there's dvds and things but so yeah how, how did you uh 
explore the the universe further uh with the help of amazon so after i finished ser- the whole of series eight, <laughs> as it as it um aired i decided i i like this i like this program i'm gonna investigate what came beforehand so i yeah. i ordered all the rest of the new series up to the end of series seven and the right. day of the doctor um on dvd and then i watched all them by the time series nine began mm. and then i during series nine i realized you know what i'm going to go all the way back so that's when i also went and started to find all of the dvds of all of the classics yeah. and there was no order to it i basically just saw a cover that looked cool or the title that looked cool and i would buy uh, you know a handful of them um maybe six or seven of them and get them all yeah. shipped over to me and and watch them so everything was out of order i didn't know what anything was going on um but <laughs> it was still fun it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah so um you you must have gone on quite a substantial binge watch from between series eight and nine then if if you were hitting you know from eccleston onwards or after that yes indeed it was it was a big binge i pretty much got completely yeah. and utterly obsessed and i didn't do anything else for that entire time <laughs> except watch doctor who <laughs> and yeah i loved it there was Brilliant. there was a few moments well, so in some of the earlier season yeah. series that that i didn't click with as, as well but as we got into the moffat era i, I mm. it really took off and i just i fell in love with it big time mm. Brilliant. So what was it about that that kind of pulled you in then? Because you, you, you said a few times that you got obsessed by it. So what was the root of that obsession? What is it about Doctor Who that, that sort of triggered that in you, do you think? I think it's just the magic of it. It's, mm. it's mysterious. It's intriguing. It's exciting. And it's quite funny as well. It's quite humorous mm. and it's also just a little bit scary <laughs> which i quite enjoy just, just a little yeah. bit just a little bit scary i got yeah. so scared i got so scared of listen mean, yeah. that, with that blanket monster and listen i was so scared i didn't sleep for nearly a yeah. week and i was, I, I I was, was 35 years old because <laughs> that's yeah. quite interesting isn't it because when we talk about being scared about being scared about things we've seen in doctor who and we talk to other fans about this it's quite often things that scared us when we were kids so you know when we watched it when we were six or seven years old or something and obviously millie you saying you didn't come into the series until you like in your 30s and 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 and, and to still feel that kind of frizz on that thrill of kind of fear when you're watching it as, as an adult still happens doesn't it it's it's quite something yeah. Yeah, yeah my, you know, my my wife says, "Oh, it's it's just a kids' show. It's it's not scary," and and I don't agree with that um, because I think even though as as adults now we may not necessarily be scared uh, in the way that you might be when you watch a horror film or something, but a a kid watching it would would be probably genuinely scared. But I think we can understand what what the the fear is, you know, and and what you know why something is is scary. But then on the flip side of that, like you said, Millie, it's just a blanket in Listen, but that <laughs> sequence was bloody terrifying. <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember watching Listen, my, my son had just been born and uh, I, I had to pause the episode something like 20 times to, to go and, you know, to see to him, look after him and things because he, he was only a couple of months old. Um, but that bit I remember was, it was really, you know, it was really quite was scary. Really because I think it's the element of the unknown as well with, with that bit, you know. Um, but it was yeah, that was a, a an excellent sequence in the show. It was, it was I, think, I think also because it does go back to that childhood fear of something in the bed, you know, yeah. the shapes that you can't define, and your mind starts conjuring all kinds of monsters and demons and, and all sorts of things, yeah. and you don't want to see it. And and yeah, do you know, I, I can feel the chills going up my spine even just thinking of that, thinking about that it, sequence yeah. now yeah. In, in the episode. Yeah, and, it's great. And do you know, one, one of Moffat's strengths, and, and, you know, he's got a lot, is taking, uh, you know, sort of 
innocent things, you know, childhood stuff and, and games and things and, and, and corrupting them with fear. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, um, you know, the, the silence and stuff and, and, you know, um, like, uh, what's the time, Mr. Wolf and things like that. It's kind of like, you know, the weeping angels in a way and stuff, isn't it? Um, so yeah, he's, he's very clever with that. And, you know, even shadows become scary with him. Um, he's a, he's a cruel genius. <laughs> Even the crack in the wall is scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, but before watching that, you you know, it's a yeah, crack it in the wall that you crack. need to paint. You know, <laughs> and Moffat's turned it into something something scary. Yeah. So, Millie, now that you've gone back through, have you have you watched all of Classic Who or, or sort of most of it? Uh, you know, what's your what's your situation there with it? I've watched most of it, so I've seen. Everything except the final two McCoy stories, except for right. yeah, Ooh. except for the um, I haven't seen the ones that don't exist unless they've been animated. I don't like telly snaps. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, they're a bit um, a bit bit tricky to kind of get on with, aren't they? And I, I haven't watched all of the animation ones either. We talked about this a while ago, didn't we, Paul? Did, I, I said yeah. I haven't bought them because I. I was waiting for the collection box sets to get released with them in, so um, I was just going to get hold of them then. So, uh, which um, which Doctor and which era ha- have become your your favourites? You know, your your go to. Oh, Jodie, absolutely, Jodie. I've my relationship with yeah. Jodie has been quite interesting because I came on board with Peter Capaldi, and I fell in love head yeah. over heels in love with him and everything about Doctor Who. And he was yeah. the he was the image of Doctor Who in my mind. Um, so when Jodie came on board, I, I was still mourning Peter Capaldi. I was just distraught. So right. I watched the whole of, <laughs> I watched the whole of series eleven and really enjoyed it just as a TV show. But as mm. far as I was concerned, like it, it wasn't Doctor Who anymore. It was just a, it was an awesome TV show and I loved every second of it. But it wasn't I couldn't associate it yeah. with that same program. And then series twelve hit and. Right, it just it just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind, and um, I could I could feel the the favoritism of Jodie creeping into my soul, and I was starting to get really really scared that I was being <laughs> unfaithful to Peter Capaldi for some strange bizarre reason. Traitor, <laughs> yeah, like a traitor. And then finally, when Flux, when Flux, just like superseded yeah. everything that has ever become before it is just the best series I've ever experienced of any type of TV, not just the series itself, yeah. but the whole process of, of watching it and the enjoyment and the thrill and being on Twitter and talking to my friends that I've made mm. that love the show as well. I'm not talking to the people that don't, cause mm. I don't want to talk to them, but, <laughs> and then I realized yeah. that, you know what, <laughs> I'm not being unfaithful to Peter Capaldi. I can say Jodie is my favorite and still love Peter Capaldi. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah Jodie is. Yeah, that, that's yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Paul, Paul and I, you know, as, as you know, you know, we, we love her and, uh, it was, you know, pretty much immediate, you know, certainly for me to, uh, you know, um, see her as a, as a you know my favorite doctor and I, I you know i don't like these polls of you know ranking doctors and things i, I love them all but i think everyone has a a doctor or two that you kind of connect that little bit more with and and um you know it's it's jody for me um and but yeah you you do feel a bit like you're um you know betraying and cheating on uh you know the previous doctor don't you it's yeah. um it's such an odd feeling isn't it when you know someone that you've been used to for a few years in the show goes and someone new comes in and you know no other show does it mm. in this way do they you know cast members might come and go and you know new people join and stuff but it's it's not you know it's, it's very rarely the the lead in in this way you know and uh yeah so it's 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 you know i think if you don't watch the show the way we do you you might not sort of understand the you know that kind of loss and uh you know the, the change that it that it goes through is quite unusual, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's quite interesting what you're saying about flux. That, that that's something I found particularly with this series is that sense of um, you, you know like almost community. I think in an age of stream TV where a lot of series are launched right at the, you know you can see yeah. every episode from a launch. It's not it's it's less so the case now than than it used to be maybe a year or two back. 
but I, I love the fact that everybody's watching it at pretty much the same kind of time yeah. each week and all then jumping online to share their thoughts and, you know, kind of excitement of, of what they've just seen and, and asking questions about what's going to happen next and, and how on earth are they going to resolve this cliffhanger? And I never saw mm. that coming in. Oh, my God, there was this bit here. And oh, my God. And you see, you know, people are taking snaps off the TV and sharing yeah. ideas. And OK, there's a few sort of dissenters in there that, that all there always always will be. But I think with Flux, the, the levels of excitement just went through the roof. I yeah, was haven't experienced something like that for a long, long time, certainly not in Doctor Who, I don't think. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting as well what you say there, Paul, you know, because obviously TV, you know, back in the old days when we were all kids. You back know, in the old days, dear. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was, I was had talking. to wind up the telly with a handle <laughs> round the back. Put your 50 pence in the meter, your, your shillings. <laughs> I was talking to my kids about it, actually, the other day, and I, I said, yeah. you know, you used to only have an hour of kids TV a day. There was only you, three channels back in yeah. the days as well. And if you missed your show, that was it. You know, that was it, it. it was gone. But so I liked we were saying it. exactly the same thing to Freya just uh, just a few days back. Yeah. And, she was, and she was asking, like, well, what if you what if you had something else to do? It's like you missed the show. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> it was gone. It's history. You never see it ever in your life. I don't. I don't think kids will ever realise how good they've got it now uh, um, but one of the things <laughs> i like about you know flux going weekly like that and like the disney plus shows staying mm. weekly is exactly what you said paul everyone is then largely on the same page with it all uh, whereas brilliant. i love that netflix will dump it all in one hit and you know people are at different you know places with it I, I think there's something to be said for keeping that kind of old style you know weekly uh, you know, episodic structure um, and, and it generates so much conversation it does it really does Absolutely. yeah and it reaches right around the world as well doesn't it which is which is so great about it because yeah. obviously millie's in new zealand there's people in the states people in the other side of asia and it's it's it, it really does kind of bring people together this sort of shared experience that that we have i think so, Millie, how do you um, how do you get the show where where you are? Because obviously we get it on Sundays at what was it, Paul, like seven o'clock, something like that. So, do you get it simultaneously, or is it a bit later? You know, how did it get to you? It um, lands on our on-demand streaming service after it's finished in the UK, I think. So, if it takes forty-five minutes or whatever, uh, so that's yeah. when it hits New Zealand. Um, that's I didn't know that um, during flux because I was at work when it lands, so I had to uninstall Twitter for the day mm. and then watch it um, when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> but Eva the Daleks, um, because it was New Year's, it was a day after New Year's Day, so it was a holiday. Um, then I, mm. yeah. I could see that you guys were. I was just about to air your guys, and it has, wasn't on our streaming service yet. But then I got a message just nearly in about an hour later saying it had just landed so i figured it must be yeah. as soon as it finishes in the uk uh, when it comes to us so yeah and that the halloween apocalypse yeah, I, that... I watched i think five times in that first week i loved it so much wow <laughs> that that is obsession isn't it yeah, yeah that's really good yeah. that's what we all share i think i'd do that if, if i wasn't busy with my kids yeah um that's great that you get it so close to us because yeah. you know back in Back when we were But do you remember, you know, if a film would come out in America and it'd be six months or a year or something. Oh, man, we'd have to wait. Yeah, you you know that you, again, yeah. you had no choice about it. And, um, you know, some uh, some shows now, you know, t TV stuff, you know, will air in the States. And even now, mm. it'd be a couple of months before we get it over here, which is just bizarre, you know, in this day and age. But, like, my, my wife wanted to watch... Um, the Sex and the City series recently, and, and she said, "Why is it? Why is it going on at one a.m. on on Sky in the morning?" And I said, "Well, that must be the same time it airs in America, and they're getting it simultaneously here. So, you know, a bit, a bit like for you, Millie, you know, you're getting it an hour after us, and so, you know, it can be done. You know, we we can get everything. You know, the pretty much is there. Time. It is there. Yeah, yeah. So, out of Jody's episodes, which, which one was your favourite? And you can count Flux as one episode. <laughs> uh, Flux is definitely my favourite episode. That's Flux. <laughs> but if I was, go if I had to choose a second favourite episode, it would probably be. Yeah. 
Oh gosh, this is where it gets difficult because they're all so good. I love the haunting of <laughs> yeah. the Dati. I love that one. Oh yeah. Obviously, I love Fugitive of the of the Jadoon. Um, I love all of series mm. twelve. I love all of series eleven. Every time you watch yeah. them, they just get better and better and better, and you just keep seeing yeah, so many totally different agree. nuances on yeah. everybody's performances mm-hmm. and the subtleties in the writing and when you watch it as a whole, like yeah. the whole era of hers, and you can see, oh, oh, it's just, it's so clever. It's really, really. You, you uh, see connections, yes, right? Yeah. It's it's solid. There, there are narratives yeah. that run at different times, at different layers that sometimes touch other parts of other bits of narratives. The, the character development is, for me, more grounded, yeah. more relatable Ooh. than it's ever been. Those characters feel like real people yeah. putting a bizarre situation and then coping, adjusting, you know, dealing with everything that's going on in their head, dealing with everything that's been going on in their lives, thinking about their futures. What are they going to do next? It's just, I, I must admit, I, yeah, I, sorry, I was going off on one there, but I, I agree. I, I love all of that stuff. It, it feels so much more solid. You know, I, I love all of Doctor Who, but yeah. this recent few series, the, the solidity, the cohesion between the different stories from beginning to end of this era has just felt beautifully constructed to me. It, it feels that it's very human, I think. Um, none of the, the characters are, you know, I, I love Clara. You know, she, she's one of my favourite companions, but, you know, I think... You're obsessed can, with Clara. I am obsessed with Clara, but I think... You don't we just can... love her. You are obsessed <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say that she didn't become a a real character until series eight. You know, in in series seven, she was kind of a you know mystery device, and uh, you know a lot a lot of the characters, um, you know, they they become come uh, you know the most important thing in the universe, which is great. But I think what's been nice about the the uh, the Jody uh, series. Mm. Is that everyone is is human? You know, I really liked the the relationship between Ryan and Graham and and how that developed, and they you know kind of patched things up, and you know Yaz's journey, you know, which has taken you know it's it's, it's spread across everything for for mm-hmm. her to become you know confident and and accept herself and and um, you know kind of you know get her life on on track as as it were, you know, from from the difficulties that she had, and I think. You know, like, like you said, there's lots of subtlety to it, and and things that take a you know a while to kind of play out, and and you know maybe you know you, things don't kind of always work like that on shows these days, and it, and it takes you know a bit of bit of getting used to, I think. But yeah, f- mm. for me, much like with you guys, it just ev- everything about it just really connected with me and it, like you just said Millie every time you watch it you know you see something new and you enjoy performances and I, I like spending time with these these people and this doctor you know more than I have with with, it, with anything else in in the show's history and um yeah I yeah I just I think it's just awesome can I can I, can I ask as well Millie so from your um from your classic day, uh rewatch or watch do you have any favorite periods from there any, anything that's really kind of um helped your obsession with doctor who yeah i'm i'm inexplicably drawn to the poetry era i love the oh, yes. that's not inexplicable <laughs> that's wonderful no. but it, it supersedes so everything else in the classic era like uh, i mean I, I like tom's era but yeah. there's so many eras within tom's era and yeah, yeah. um i i I, I struggle with the Davison era, just because I, I although I like Davison, I'm not a hundred percent on board with the, mm. the companions yet. I just need to watch it a few more times to fully understand what they're all about. Yeah. Um, the McCoy yeah. era, I haven't seen enough, so I don't really know much about it. I do love the black and white stuff at Hartnell, especially, but and I love I love Colin Baker because he's yeah. he's so um. <laughs> He's so angry, <laughs> so superior, and he just reminds me so much of Peter Capaldi. Um, but no, poetry, poetry just does it. Yes. Everything yeah. about that whole five years, everything, Joe, Liz, Sarah, yeah. they're just unit, you know, the brig. They're just, yeah. they're like family. They're like a second family to me. I, I, I wonder if there's something in that. Because I, I find a lot of similarities between the Pertwee era and the current era for the reasons we talked about a minute ago. The fact that the storylines are constructed very intelligently and, and they do connect with each other. There's a definite arc 
with Pertwee's doctor from beginning to end, a kind of redemption. You know, he starts in exile, doesn't yeah. know who he is, you know, very angry and everything else and has to work with people that he doesn't like initially, goes through the process with them. They start to become his family. Then he starts to reach away. And then, you know, in the last few stories in the Pertwee era, he, he goes through some real trauma, especially in Planet of the Spiders. And, and, you know, and, and, and the, the regeneration, the renewal he has at that point is a reinvention, literally, of who he's been up to that mm. point. He's earned his, his, his badge again. You know, he's become the doctor again yeah. and renews, regenerates. And it, that, that's how I see it. And, you know, I, I, that's why I think it's, it's no accident if you're, you know, if you're drawn to the, the current era that personally your era maybe also kind of sings to you as well in, in that way. Possibly. I, I, I could just be. No, I, I, I don't okay. think you're wrong there. And, and, and look, and let's be honest. When uh, when Joe leaves, and um, you know that the Doctor drives off in into the sunset with with Bessie, oh, it still makes me cry. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many times I see it. You know? Well, that's yeah, because we're going to experience that exact same thing in a couple of episodes' time. When yes, oh, however she leaves, I'm not sure how. <laughs> and yeah, the Doctor is going to be distraught and then she's going to die herself. So it's just going to be horrendous, horrible, horrible mm. episode. And I'm really yeah. reading it. <laughs> oh, no. You know, I'm, uh, I love Tennant's Doctor as well. And, yeah. um, you know, I was a big fan of him. And I remember watching, uh, you know, his regeneration. And, and, and I was on my oh, own when I watched it. Yeah, oh, God, I was just sitting there just, you know, bawling oh, yeah. my eyes out. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I, I felt, uh, you know, sadness when, when the others went, particularly Capaldi. I, I really liked his doctor. You know, he, he had quite a, you know, a, a, an arc, didn't he, in the transformation from a, you know, a grumpy old git to, you know, someone mm. who's much more kind of soft and, and, and caring. And But, yeah, there, there's I've sort of got a, you know, Paul, you spoke before about an excitement for what comes after Jodie, and I do have that as well, but I kind of also have a, you know, a, a dread of it of it mm. ending and, and you know I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to watch that last episode on my own <laughs> 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 so Millie have you listened to much Big Finish as well um, because that's um, obviously a massive uh, you know, kind of companion part to it to everything to the show but it is in itself a, a uh, an ever growing massive side you know universe as well so have, have you done much in in there no i haven't done much big finish um i've done a couple of I've, I've asked in the past which are the good ones to start with and i got um i think the chimes of midnight uh the one with the cybermen um spear parts and i've watched i've listened to a couple of colin ones but that's about it really if we're talking about spare parts look out for our podcast our podcast on that one is coming soon. Just get a little plug in there. For that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw we're you. I saw your tweet that. about that one. We haven't recorded um, it yet. I saw your tweet about that one. Yeah, and I yeah. Replied just um, saying I've, I've I've struggled with a bit with big finish because I can't focus very well when I've got no visuals. Um, because I don't yeah, give it the yeah. attention that it deserves. Like I need to be listening to it the way I would watch TV, like lying on the couch, you know, yeah. with my eyes shut and absorbing it. But I don't. I listen to it the way I listen to a podcast or the way I listen to music, which is when I'm doing something else. Yeah. So I can't focus on it and I lose track and I don't know what's going on. So I really need to, if I'm going to get into Big Finish, I need to change the way I listen to appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it, it is um, tricky in a way, isn't it? Paul, you sometimes listen when you're, you're at work, don't you? And I, I, I find I can't um, you know, listen to a yeah. podcast. Or even, or even any music or anything, just you know, um, kind of casually in the background. So I tend to listen to most of my big finish stuff when I'm driving, um, mm. or you know, sometimes yeah, I'll, I'll sit down on the sofa or you know, in, in bed and listen to it. You know, my eyes closed and things as well. But I think once you kind of, you know, really get into it and and you know, picturing it in your head, it it, it works really well. And um, there's a lot of there's a lot of great stories across the whole lot. Really, I mean. Yeah, Paul. I, I've never listened to a bad one. I, I don't know about you, but yeah, may, may, maybe. I mean, there, there there's a few that I I haven't quite got along with. I think there's there's only one. I'm not going to say what title it's because it's not yeah. fair, and I know other people will love it anyway. But there's, you know, I think the nature of Big Finish because of the way the because of the size of it now, they can afford to be really experimental, yeah. and you know, and given the medium 
that these stories are told in, um, they can push it out quite a bit. And I think there's maybe one or two of those that I thought, okay, maybe that's not quite worked. But I know for a fact that other people have really, really enjoyed those stories. So I think, again, at the end of the day, it just comes down to personal um, personal, personal uh, preferences. Yeah. So well, I, I, don't, I think you could be right. They, they, you know, I, I haven't really heard a, a bad one as such, maybe just one or two that I haven't quite enjoyed as much as others. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you say, it's, it's personal preference, and the same with you know the show or movie or you know anything. You know, just because you know it hasn't clicked for for the listener in this instance doesn't mean it's it's a bad one at all. You know, it, it just we all have different takes on things, don't we? And, we do, we yeah. do. It's it's interesting listening to both of you talking about how you how you listen to big Finnish audios and things, and and I, I think you're right. I, I agree actually, because I, I, I do. I have tried to have them on when I'm working. It depends what work I'm doing as to whether or not I can actually focus on it. Um, yeah. But most things, it, you know, I can't. But I do remember in the early days when Big Finish started, I used to work away from home a lot. And I was um, I was quite often, I spent a lot of nights in just random hotels up and down the motorways in city centres and, you know, airports and things just with nothing to do, you know, pretty much on my own. You know, I was, I was a rep for a company and, you know, and the first night you get to a hotel, it's like, oh, what should I do? You know, sit in your room, get some room service, whatever. And I used to, I used to take as all my big finishes with me and load them into my laptop with the headphones on, turn the lights off, and just yeah. listen, in, listen to them. And some of the most memorable stories are from that period. You know, yeah. because I could focus on them and I could let the the visuals take shape in the dark space yeah. around me. And, and and there's one I, I particularly remember, which I which really turned my head was um, the fires of Vulcan, which was I think oh, I can't remember if it's Sylvester McCoy or Colin Baker, but it certainly had Bonnie Langford in it as Mel. And I think I think I'm right in saying it was the first Mel story that we'd had in Big Finish. And I was oh, never yeah. a big fan of her character on the show. Um, you know, I thought I just, just didn't quite get it. But when she came on the fires of Vulcan and suddenly the character of Mel really came to life for me personally, I thought this is brilliant. And that's one of the real big strengths, I think, of a big finish is the fact they've allowed companions and certain doctors to have more space to develop and breathe than we ever saw on TV. You know, we've got writers who really, really get what those characters are about and are, and are prepared to sort of push them into some really really dynamic places to explore and you know put them under a stress test almost to see where they can go but they've done wonderful wonderful stuff with with colin's doctor haven't they and they have exactly yeah exactly and i'll say millie you you know if if you liked um you know colin's doctor on tv you'd you'd love to you know and he's he has um quite a few stories with like mrs constance clark um and, and flip um which are which are brilliant you know they, they make a really good team those three um and his, his stuff's just just been fantastic really um no, i was just going to say i have listened to a couple of colin ones i listened to uh the, the yeah. marion conspiracy i really quite like that i like historicals oh that's brilliant yeah. i love that and um I, the other one i listened to just recently was one with um the brig in it uh the Spectre of Lanyon Moor. Spectre of Lanyon Yeah. That was quite enjoyable. Love that one. Mm. Brilliant. Love that. Mm. But that's about the limit of what yeah, I've listened he's to. Got some... I need to try more. I've downloaded, I've that's bought right. lots. I just haven't re- listened to them yet. I've got the whole Jago and Light set box yet. <laughs> <laughs> just haven't listened to any of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that new Christopher Eccleston one had come out this week and um, I thought, Oh, is that a new new series one? What, what's this? And I realised I hadn't listened mm-hmm. to the third set yet, so I thought oh, I've got to get on that before I, before I get that that fourth set. So, uh, and and then I realised I had the Martha set to listen to as well, oh, yeah. and, and a Jenny set which I haven't listened to. So, oh, so I've got a problem here. I need to get those in my ears first. So, Millie, there's quite a lot of um, Doctor Who books as well, um, or tons of them, you know, the Target books and the new series books as well. Have you dived into that much, or is, it, is that something that uh, you've yet to explore? Um, I've, I thought I might start collecting the Target books last year, so I bought some heaps of second-hand ones from our local trading site. I got about 50 of them, and I've read two and a half. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a start. <laughs> I don't you have time to there, read. Yeah. I don't have time to read. I'm too busy. Making, I'm too busy making. It's, it's like punching. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, now there's a link. <laughs> um, well, that's you know most TV shows you watch. You know that's it. It's, it's, the, it's the show, but obviously we've got audios here and, lot, and tons of books as well. You can basically spend all day every day doing doctor who stuff which, which isn't a bad way to spend it. <laughs> yes like like you say millie you know i i buy books and stuff as well and you know like what just listed three big finish sets that i haven't listened to yet you know so it's uh it is a challenge i suppose isn't it you know we we are uh you know blessed to have all of this stuff to watch and listen to and read um but but yeah there's so much of it that you know the, the time is uh ironically for a show about a time lord is, is not on our side in in some ways um <laughs> but paul you you've got uh have you got all of the targets i i i have all of the original targets and several reprinted versions as well i've got some of the um those those weird american pinnacle books as well i've got, I've got those and i've got most of the recent releases so you know like the witch finders and the crimson yeah. horror they the dots i've got those so it's pretty much there yeah i i spent a lot of my teenage years uh literally hunting down target novels and it was good because they were in they were sort of readily available then you know you could go into a shop and and you would find some where the, and the difficulty really became as as the collection got bigger and you know there were fewer titles that i needed to get my collection uh it was always difficult finding those last few but there was um there was a massive bookshop in Tottenham court robes it's still there foils bookshop oh yeah um, it's changed a bit since then and now it's just kind of like a, a massive waterstones but back in the day back in the day it was i mean it, it, it was like four or five floors of books and their doctor who section was brilliant they would literally have every single doctor who target novel in paperback in hardback is where i got all my hardbacks from so that that was quite a, a nice source and i used to i used to nip up there on a saturday occasionally once i'd saved up enough money uh, and it would be be a treat so you know go carnaby street buy some ridiculous clothes go across to virgin megastore and then spend the rest of the afternoon just going through the doctor who section in um in Foyle's bookshop and, and just stocking up with whatever money I had left. So that was good fun. Yeah, I, I used to do a, a, a day every summer holiday to to go up to London um, and I'd go to um, the, the cinema store uh, in um, yeah. uh, St. Martin's Lane uh, and Forbidden Planet as well. Um, and there, I think there used to be another shop as well. And I'd usually come home with a poster of some sort, you know, a big one sheet and, you know, a book or something. And yeah, like, like you, Paul, used to sort of love going up and just spending ages you know going through yeah, all this yeah. and doing all that do you have you got anywhere like that where you are millie for that's kind of uh you know geek uh focus because a lot of you know kind of you know like waterstones is quite a big books bookshop chain in our country um and they they have a section don't they paul and, but it, it's often sort of it's, uh, it's hit know, and miss isn't it depending yeah, where it you is. are it's, i think you know so some towns have a really great. good section but yeah yeah um, I don't know if anything anywhere near me. Um, I do all my shopping pretty much online these days. Mm. There might there might be some stuff around, but you got to sort of hunt for it. And I'm not very good at yeah. that. So, yeah, you can find everything you need <laughs> well, online. Yeah, when, when it's, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, it, yeah. It's, you know, that's great as well because, you know, like you were saying, Paul, you know, as your target collection got bigger, you know and you had less ones to get but they became harder to find maybe you know with the and there was no online shopping in them days either yeah, exactly. it was all physical you had to go into a shop and actually look at the book section to see yeah. what they had and if yeah. they didn't have a title that you hadn't got then it's a wasted journey which yeah is really sad <laughs> and, um, <yeah. laughs> so millie um my next question is kind of about your Doctor Who collection, um, and in a minute we'll talk about your own uh, special collection of Doctor Who stuff that is entirely unique to you. But do you have anything else, like any you know any figures, Funko Pops, anything like that that uh, you know forms part of your collection? Like Paul, you've got a TARDIS behind you, haven't you? I don't know. If yeah, you can... that's it. That's all I got. I don't do Funko Pops or Hot Toys or any of that stuff. It just you know. <clears throat> um i don't know i've got a 13 on the shelf behind me i don't know if you can see it i can't me. see amongst all that junk that you've got there jeff 
Well, I am due to move office. So. What is that? That's just junk. That's just rubbish. I'd, I'd put a curtain in front of that if I were you. Oh, look, there she is. There you go. There's your little Jodie. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. She's on the shelf next Thanks for sharing <laughs> that, mate. That's right. I've got... <laughs> you could have just well. Googled it. I didn't... Have you? Yeah, I've got it figures. Oh, so I always wanted to get the one... Yeah, I always wanted to get the one of her in the coat, which was uh, released at San Diego Comic-Con. And um, I chatted online to someone a couple of years ago and they were going to try and get it for me because they were at the, the convention and they couldn't get it. And then um, it was supposed to be released, you know, kind of, you know, commercially to be able to go and buy in the shops and things. It never came out. And I saw it um, at one of the Comic-Cons in London maybe two years ago and it was 250 quid. And I thought, I do oh. really want that. Um, and I said to the guy, if you make it, 25 pounds <laughs> i said you got a, a yeah, deal take that zero um, off the end of that one sometime. yeah yeah shift the decimal point you can take um, that off <laughs> yeah but uh he was having none of it so millie i i really really want to talk to you about your uh clay clay creations mm-hmm. i'm looking at your twitter page and it i'm always drawn back to it every time you put a new post out there with a new photograph on it because they are so full of personality they are so full of character and they're so beautifully done i want to know how how did you start um you know or or decide to start creating these sculptures was it because you're an artistic person you do this anyway and you thought obsessed with doctor who it was it that sort of natural thing or tell tell me about it um well firstly thank you so much for those nice words that's really really sweet um and also this is all right i I mean it genuinely yeah yeah honestly yeah the stuff is absolutely fantastic and like paul said each each figure you know captures the the essence of that that character so well and uh, they're just a a joy to look at really thank you so much it makes me happy that people get some joy out of them because that's why i want i started doing it because i just it was during um lockdown the first lockdown in 2020 when the whole yeah. world was just upset so i just wanted to make people smile mm. but i've always been um yeah that's i've always been an artist i've always been arty since mm. i was a small child that's pretty that's why i probably didn't watch doctor who as a kid because i would have just been in the corner of the room doing some sort of art <laughs> not noticing anything else that's in my surroundings which is what i still do today yeah. <laughs> um so i go through so many phases of all different types of mediums um i went mm. through a, a phase for about three years of of making lego and i went through a phase of making dolls houses i went through a phase of or every phase you can think of and then finally i just picked up some polymer clay and i thought oh this would be a fun new phase yeah so i tried a few little uh doctor who figures at the end of 2019, really, really small ones. And I didn't really achieve what yeah. I, I wanted to achieve with those. So I just sort of put it on the shelf and didn't think about it again until, uh, yeah, until mid mid uh, 2020 when I just thought, okay, I've, I've joined Twitter. I'm going to see what this Twitter thing's all about. <laughs> Apparently there's a big Doctor Who fan base on Twitter. It might be interesting to be part of. What's the best way to get? <laughs> what's the best way to get some friends is just to show off some art yeah. that is is Doctor Who related art. So I pulled out the polymer clay from the garage mm. and I and I and I just started and it just took off from there. And it's been very enjoyable and I've got to meet so many people. By meet, I mean you know online, not not yeah. real people, but people uh, on <laughs> yeah. yeah virtual people that just write little <laughs> tweets and stuff so uh but that's been fun yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just been great and i just yeah get quite obsessed with what it was the, what was the first character what what was the first character doctor who character that you created in this in this medium millie well uh, uh, sorry i'll just hop in for a second oh. I'm, I'm just looking through your pictures and there's one that you posted of two tenth doctors so that's showing the kind of evolution of your style, isn't it? Yes. Ah. That, so that first tenth doctor was my very oh. first figure. So the first one. So on the on the, the oh, last the last yeah. image, it's got the modern the one I just did last week, and then the the yeah. very first one I did. So I did the the first one I did was David Tennant at the beginning because I knew that everybody loved David Tennant. So I thought people might look at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> people might look at it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I did him first, even though he wasn't my favourite <laughs> Doctor because at that stage, Capaldi was my favourite Doctor. And um, yeah. Right. 
But but looking at it, you know, the one on the left, he's brilliant. And then you look at the one on the right, and it's even more brilliant. You, you know, it's yeah. fascinating seeing the 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 evolution of of uh, you know an artist and their work and things. And you can just see the kind of I think you know your confidence and skill in what you're doing, and the increase in detail. You can look at the difference between the two Sonics and things, and you know the the hair and everything. Yeah, just it's just brilliant looking at them. And there's a shot of um, a shad with uh, with Jody, which is lovely. So, how do you do? Oh, sorry, I've kind of hijacked the uh, the thread. So he we does it about. every time. Sorry, yeah, I how do you get the backgrounds on them and you know you've got the lighting effect here and things if you've got little sets that you do or do you get a background up on a on a computer you know because i see that sometimes with people who do um like photography of, of hot toys figures and things you know they might do it in front of a uh, you know computer screen with the image on yeah that's exactly how i do it so i um i get a image i use i use mostly use that tragical history to a website because it's just screenshots of of every you know 30 seconds of, mm. of every single episode that's ever been and um I'll, and if there, i can't get a clean oh a clean image in the background i'll try and like yeah. really badly scrub out the people <laughs> as, as badly as well as i can on just <laughs> the um don't the 3d them. paint don't like i don't have photoshop or anything but yeah so i scrub them out so then i have that and i put yeah. them on my monitor and my computer and then i just get a piece of nice coloured paper under the bottom to make it look like a some sort of ground that could potentially work with the background and then um, I just light it using oh, um, just like LED lamps I haven't really got a proper lighting system sorted out and I just they're all photographed on my phone I, I take pictures of my Funko Pop models and, and hot toys and stuff and yeah I, I take them all on my phone and I think they work fine and mm. uh, um, uh, you know I just I've got a little um uh, LED light that you can change the the color of, and I use that and just a little lamp to kind of front light them, which, which works which works fine. Um, so I've just you've done a, a gel guard, um, which is just it's I so love good. that. I love the, the gel guard. Um, and and the what, what have you put in it? Is it like what what's made this? They look like marbles or something. They're glass cabochons. I don't know what it is. Okay. So they're the same thing that I use for the eyes yeah, they... on all of my figures. Right, because that's when, yeah, the eyes have got a real, uh, you know, they, they look kind of alive, mm. don't they? You know, they're, they're not just, um, you know, they, they've got so they're little, yeah, they're little half, little half circles made out of glass. And um, I just, for the eyes, I just, right. stick, uh, I just print off little eyes that I find on the internet and I make them really, really small and then print yeah. them all off. And then I just glue them to the back and then you shove them into the... Right. The wet clay, and they they bake because they're glass, so that they're fine to bake. And right. Then, um, yeah. I see. You, I love, oh, sorry. I, love, I was just going to say, I love your I love your Omega as well. Yeah. Next to next to the gel guard, he, he looks. There's expression in the mask as well. There, there's a kind of sorrowful mm -hmm. and yet dominant expression on his little face. Oh, it's beautiful, brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like your self portrait as well. Oh, my self-portrait, yes. It's good. Cause... <laughs> and the little, little tiny yeah, you, ones. You've got your mm. there. Yeah. <laughs> I've just seen your, your third Doctor as well with, with Bessie. So what what do you do uh, with, with the figures when they're done? T tell me you don't destroy them. Oh, no, no. No, I don't destroy them. They're just, oh, they're just every flat <laughs> surface in the house they're there. There's, there's honestly there's they're there brilliant how many of you how many have you made the last count was 160 but that was maybe a month ago so they're not all doctor oh, wow. who there are a few other things as well but in total of everything that i've made in the last year and a half is is over 160. wow that's fantastic so tell me what um what is your favorite one that you've done and what was the most Ooh. difficult one to make the most difficult one was the uh the special weapons dalek because Ooh. i hate making daleks they're really really hard and this was even harder than a regular <laughs> dalek <laughs> and i for some reason decided to make him swivel as well so i had to try and figure out the engineering behind that and so that one good took me a good oh, 24 hours or so in total to make him and yeah. The, but my, my favorite one is definitely 
I shared the lone Cyberman. Um, so impressed with that I managed to pull that off with his, you know, the little the half face and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I love the the paintwork I did on his because I don't. They're not most cases the the figures aren't painted because they're made with coloured clay. But every now and then I do add a bit of right. I do add a bit of paint to some of them, especially some of the monsters. They often get a, a bit of a paint job because you just can't get the subtleties in the clay that their skin requires. Mm. But all the people, all their clothes and everything yeah. like that, that's all coloured clay. So uh, it's it's got an extra level of. Um, uh, skill <laughs> to it, I suppose, in trying to, yeah, yeah. yeah you have to do everything. You, you kind of just dress them like a, a doll, really, because they're dressed with individual pieces of clay instead of all the same color and then having to paint it afterwards. But the shade is a little bit painted because anything so does it go... painted. Mm, right. So, does it go on a, a sort of you know, a, a skeleton figure or or they're literally just you know you, you've molded the, the clay into the shape um, i create an armature first a wire armature so um okay. yeah I, I have these little tiny pieces of wood that i hammer i put two hammers in for, that that grounds their feet and then i wrap wire around yeah, and, and yeah, create a yeah. hole inside armature made out of wire and if they have anything fat in the middle of them, in their midsection, like a monster sometimes does, it'll be bulked out with aluminium foil. And the middle of the heads are made with aluminium foil as well. And then you put clay over top of right. that. And so that keeps that means that they don't fall over because they've got a wire mm. inside. And then you just sculpt the clay over, over top of the wire. And I bake them and bake them I and see. bake them. Yeah. And, so I'm just looking at uh, a set of shots of, of Jody's Doctor and um, you can see again your your sort of evolution of, of the, the style um, and, and the skill involved as well. But there's one um, photo there which is sort of a bust that you, you did of her um, which, which also looks brilliant and is a little bit more sort of detailed in, in style as well. So is, do you, is that, have you done more like that or is that the only one that you've done like that? I've just done her and I've just done um, Peter Capaldi. I wanted to just kind of expand mm. my skills a little bit. So, and because, you know, my, my figures are quite cartoonish, you know, with the big heads and the big eyes, yeah. bright colours. So I kind of wanted to try a little bit more realism and get a little bit more um, yeah. realism in, in the sculpt and, and realistic faces and stuff like that. So um, I started with Jodie because I love that image of her on with the uh, on the Centauran episode where her hair is all sort of curly from the, the mm. damp and she's got that smile on so yes. I, I mimic that yeah I thought I'd make a little bust out of that and then I really enjoyed doing that so I made one of Peter Capaldi as well but I haven't gone further on any other of the doctors yet because I keep going back to my old style <laughs> right much harder and it took a lot longer <laughs> and that one is painted so, mm. yeah which of which of the ones that you've done has been your favourite? Then is is kind of your your personal favourite. Ashad is my personal favourite, but probably second favourite would be. He's good, isn't he? The the Aztec um, Barbara, Barbara Yataxa from the Aztecs. <gasps> yes, I was looking at one. Beautiful. She seems to be quite popular too. Whenever I repost her, seen... she seems to get quite a lot of attention. So yeah. I'm pretty proud of her. I thought she was pretty lovely. But yeah, there's something about the Lone Cyberman that he's not my best figure, even because I mean that was done nearly a year ago now, and I could probably even do better now. But the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the time it took me to do and the attention I put to it, and just purely because I love that episode, the haunting of Villa Diodati, mm. so much. Whenever I I love a character in an episode, there's just a different yeah. level of love that goes into me sculpt how long does it take you to do one of these figures on average I, you know. <laughs> on average uh was that a... 10 hours yeah so some of them hours. wow on average yeah some so of them it's... i can pull out pretty quick and maybe about five hours and then other ones like i said mentioned before the yeah. special weapon style it took about 24 hours so they they vary depending on the capacity yeah. but yeah a good i gotta allow at least 10 hours you had so, um, a sea devil there as well, didn't you, from 
which I think appeared literally the day after the first trailer for the new Sea Devil episode, and you you'd got it from you know just from that one shot on the on the trailer, you, you got the character, you got the design, that everything just looks right about it. Yeah, I got really obsessed when I saw that trailer. I got really, really excited. <laughs> yeah. So I went back and I watched all the Sea Dev- Devils again, and I did a, I created the yeah. um, <laughs> the Sea Devil from Warriors of the Deep as well. And then I tried the one yes, on the promo from Legends yeah. of the Sea Devil. Um, yeah, I can't wait. That's why we, I can't we wait for the episode. One, we? Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. We, we named one of your Sea Devil uh, models, didn't we, the other day? Uh, did you see that, Paul? You, was that, that was on the podcast account, wasn't it, Millie? What did we call it? Yes, it, it was. It was on your Warriors. Oh, yes. One. It was the mixture yeah. of your two names. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, I, I was quite uh, I can't quite remember. pleased about that. Yeah. Was good. <laughs> yeah. So who are, who are you working on at the moment, and what uh, what character have you not yet done that that you'd like to do? River Song. Uh, sorry, I answered the second question first. Ooh. The the one I'd love to. I, I'm waiting. <laughs> she's she's like one of my all time favourite characters in all of fiction ever. And um, uh, I just don't feel I have enough confidence and skill yet to actually pull her off perfectly because I want to make her and I just want to make her once and not have to revisit her. I just want her to be perfect. So I haven't made her yet. Mm. Um, but the one I'm working yeah, that hair, on at the moment that hair's is, gonna take yeah, the one I want to start, I'm going to work on this weekend is um, because I've just done the 10th Doctor, the 9th Doctor and the 11th Doctor. Re- revisited them from my first ones. I thought, well, I might as well carry on. So I'm going to do the 12th doctor this weekend brilliant a new a new version of him yeah so you've had um you know we said earlier you know you got featured um uh you know in doctor mm. who magazine and, and ray holman has, has talked about your work and things and when you started this did you ever expect to get the this sort of uh you know notice on on the work and and the response that you've had to it no way not at all i'm just a little old kiwi (laughs) (laughs) i'm just sitting here at the bottom of the world just doing some random stuff and then all of a sudden yeah i'm in the doctor who magazine (laughs) it's crazy But it, it show you know it shows you know what what the internet can do and how it can bring people together and you know shared love for, for something and you know and, and a talent as well. Have you ever thought about putting any of your the, the figures up for sale? Because I I would imagine they they'd go <gasps> quite nicely. Um, I did think about it a while ago because I was getting so many, but I um mm. uh, I'm really lazy, and it's a lot of effort. <laughs> to sell them trying to explain to people how much they're going to cost you know it's original one of a kind artwork and i've I've mentioned a few prices to some people a few times and you get that silence (laughs) that awkward silence because they think it's just the same way but it's not and then there's also the shipping you know i live in new zealand and everybody who wants to buy them is either in america or the uk and the shipping from new zealand for all, and all the amount of packaging it would need because it would just get turned to smithereens mm. on, the, on the posting as yeah it's yeah. going to cost a good 60 dollars or more to post and it's just i can't be bothered <laughs> i can't be bothered and plus i don't think they're good enough <laughs> i really truly don't think that they're good enough for well, when, that's when, when people yeah, see them on the shelf like because in the fabulous. photos i try to make them look so as pretty good. as possible but when if, if people actually get them and see yeah. them on their shelf and then they can look at them up close they will see all the bits that aren't very good and the and the bits no, that no, the detail no, no, isn't no, quite no, great I those you know the, the the fingerprints in them and things like that is is That's what part makes, of it, isn't it? yeah is, exactly. But you know the the little imperfections are are, are what you know it, it makes them special. Makes and, it, yes. you know, I, I was watching yeah. um, Snow White with my twins uh, last week. You watch Snow White a lot, mate. Yeah, we we like it. And but there was a, a shot where do you, do you know like the multiplane technique that they used on the old Disney cartoons where they had a basically a series of shells and the camera would look down through them and and then they would move the plates of glass oh yes to get a feeling of going into yeah Yeah. and and it was revolutionary um but when we were watching the film uh the the shot pulled back 
and then you could see the bottom of the front glass plate on, in the shot you know where where the camera would you know come come too far forward and i thought oh, i quite like that that you know i mean the film is pushing 100 years old but you know it's that little it's showing that it's all done by hand you know on it and and i you know i quite like that little mistake that i spotted there you know so yeah you know you were saying that stuff about your models there millie but you know the, the fact that they are you know handmade and and you know got all your kind of love and, and creativity into them is, is what you know makes them special i think but yes i i understand the uh the the, the option of sending them around the world you know they're so delicate and um you know doing a rebuild your own millie model when when you get it is perhaps <laughs> yeah. not as, <laughs> it's not going to be seen them with the free yeah. do you have any to hand <laughs> do, you, do you have any heads to hand then i do or, or are they in a different room no I, I brought a couple of my flex ones to, of... for you to see i've got Can you show us go on show us please please oh wow here's so good not not just the, the model but swarm in in himself even yeah as you oh and you've oh. even got the little crack in the head as well wow <laughs> that that's one of the things i really like about her her prosthetic mm. that that little indent in it and then oh, oh, wow. look at that that's so good look at that, that is brilliant i love that you can see that that you know the fear in her face that she had yeah. in, in the show and you, you know the way it's gone from the blue of the top to the i guess you've painted for the kind of no, um, it's not, you know the no. stone effect there's no paint on her at really all. No? wow oh wow wow so good did, how long did that one take to do Melly? i can't remember maybe 12 hours <laughs> Yeah. So I, I, I've got the um, the Funkos. Uh, I've got quite a few of them, but they haven't released any for a couple of years now, which was a bit of a crime. But I, I think someone should take your models and and make you know make more of them, so that you know I can buy one and that can be my. Then they become commercial. And well, yeah, they will. But basically, I'm, yeah, I'd like to have one because <laughs> I can't buy one. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like that too. I think that would be a great idea because then everybody could have them and there would be little vinyl mm. yeah, things that they could have on their shelf. I'd love yeah, that. Yeah. They just 3D, exactly. 3D scan them yeah. and then they could make them. Yeah. 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 But then Paul's right, you know, it, it, it takes away the, you know, the, the uniqueness of them, but then people can have something, mm. you know. They, they can. I mean, it's, it's just a difference between having an original Picasso and a Picasso reproduced in a print, you know, yeah. that's, that's all it is. I've, yeah. I've got my Lichtenstein behind me. Yeah. It's not an original. It's just a poster. You know, it's the best thing I can have. I'd love to have a real Roy behind me on my wall, but I can't. I'm just not rich enough. So the poster <laughs> does and it fulfills me. What can I say? Well, I've got, you can't see it from there, but I've got my Terminator got, 2 poster. Terminator, so I will be back. When, when I was um, about 11, uh, Paul said this story before, but I watched Terminator Two at a friend's house, sisters. and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I went away and I thought, "Who is on? Who is this Arnie guy? I, I need to find out more about him." Then I, I, I thought, "Who is James Cameron?" And I thought, he, "He's a guy. He makes this stuff." And then I was like, "I want to make this stuff." And for a while, I wanted to be James Cameron, and um, <laughs> uh, I didn't quite get there. <laughs> um, but I got that poster because uh, a couple of years ago we were doing a fitness. Uh, project shoot and the guy who uh, managed the video shop that i used to work at he said you can my son come along he's, he's studying film and i said yeah sure we'll, we'll get him in for a couple of days on work experience and they came to the shoot and they said oh we've we, we've got something for you as a thanks and they'd found that in a shop like the week before and they and and the dad said oh, we, we must get this for jeff because this is his favorite film and uh, for years i'd wanted to get a terminator 2 poster so now I got one. So it's <laughs> awesome. Well done. I was quite pleased about that. Millie, before we go, um, what are your hopes for the future of Doctor Who and what are you what are you looking forward to? I I really hope that the next Doctor will be even more progressive than the current one. Mm. So either another woman or preferably a woman mm. of colour. Or some, or some other race, 
or a, a non-binary person or non-gender specific person or yeah or trans person or something like that something if I know it's all about how good the actor is, but honestly, if we just get another young, fancy, pretty, mm. white male, I, I will be a little bit upset. I just feel that we've come so far and that would be a little bit of a step backwards now. Yeah. So I really hope that we it keeps going yeah. forward, you know, it keeps going forward. We can go back to that in a few years' time, yeah. but just yeah. for this next one, please don't mm-hmm. don't just push Jody away and say, well, that was a failure. Yeah. Just yeah. just keep going forward. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, it's been an uh, absolute pleasure talking to you and, and getting Real to see pleasure. your, your yeah. models as well in uh, ne- nearly uh, in the flesh, in, in the virtual flesh. Um, but I look forward to seeing more of your creations online. Um, Definitely. Well, I, was, I wanted to ask, so your, oh. your handle is at Calbear Creates. Where does that come from? <laughs> that is the nick the nickname for my cat Carrie. So I've got three cats. Oh. <laughs> and um Carrie when he was a kitten, he just for some reason his name just started to become Cowbear. And so Cowbear. yeah, that just that just seemed to feel nice for like a, a type of <laughs> uh name that I would have if I was a some sort of company that created things. Yeah. So I went Cowbear Creations. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It it, it kind of um, it, sticks in your mind, doesn't it? It does a bit. Yeah, it's like my my film company is called Silver Tip, and uh, you know it's, it's a name. I can't that's... believe Jeff, you just plugged your <laughs> film company. I, I did. Yeah, you know, if, if you go to this web address, you can hire me for. <laughs> but, you know, people will uh, remember the name, and um, I had someone said to me once, "What well, you know? Where did it come from? Is it like silver tipped bullets that you shoot werewolves with?" And I was like, well, not, no. not really. They don't exist, do they, mate? And um, <laughs> but he's, he's a big horror fan. But actually, <laughs> um, but actually, my dad goes. Oh, to, uh, my dad goes to Alaska every summer to go fishing, uh, like wilderness and on the on the gravel bars, and there's bears and stuff around. And um, he's got grey hair, and they call him Silvertip up there. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll have that. Yeah. And then um, one day when I showed dad something I'd made and the, and the Silvertip animation came up, he said, that's what they call me in Alaska, you know. I was like, yeah, I know. Where, where do you think I got it okay. from? <laughs> I didn't just come up with the same name, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, having something that's, you know, personal to you mm-hmm. and, and quite and so yeah cowbear creates it's an interesting Love name it. it sticks in the mind so brilliant thank you very much for joining us on uh who corner to corner and um we'd love to get you back again at some point perhaps we can um, oh yes please do do a chat through on a on a jody episode or or something or, or a, a, a tearful uh post <gasps> don't. Centenary episode. i don't want to talk about it i don't no. want to think about it i'm too sad <laughs> Yeah. The whole world would go into a shocked silence. Yeah, there'd be, yeah. There'd be nothing on Twitter or anything apart from just dot, dot, dots. <laughs> and crying emojis. Crying emojis, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful talking to you, Millie. Thank you so much for staying up late and uh, and joining us before we've even started our day. It's, uh, yeah. it's wonderful. And yeah, thank you for sharing your creations. Day, yeah. Thank you so much. And, and thank you for your support of the podcast as well. Definitely. It's incredible, yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Millie. Enjoy your evening. Is that right? Yes. Night. It's night yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Going to bed. Yeah, it's, 20, yeah. it's 20 past 11. It's bedtime. <laughs> it's 20 yeah. past 11. Oh, my right. goodness. We'd yeah. better let you go. Thank you, Millie, again. Yeah. Thank uh, you very much. Talk to you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.